This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. The Detroit is Different Podcast is about exposing artistry, business, ideas, and dynamic people, places, and things that make Detroit a mecca. Tune in weekly and subscribe to get the true stories from the people shaping the culture of an American classic city. Bismillah rahman rahim Welcome back to episode number two of Care Michigan's new podcast. I'm Daoud. I'm the executive director of Care Michigan. And along with me are my two colleagues, Amy and Aisha. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Uh, in this episode, we will be discussing a case that we have been working on in conjunction with other uh, civil rights advocates, and that is of a, uh, a case that is really uh, problematic and troublesome of uh, relating to an environmental justice activist, a police accountability uh, activist in the city of Detroit, uh, well-known, uh, well-beloved in the broader social justice movement, as well as in the Muslim community, uh, African-American sister by the name of uh, Sawatu Salamora. Um, and just to give some background about this case for those who may be unfamiliar with uh, Sawatu's uh, situation, we'd like to uh, have you start first. Give us a little background information, Sister Amy. Sure. So, uh, so Sister Sawatu was convicted wrongfully of um, assault and uh, weapons charge. She pulled a weapon on her own front lawn to protect uh, her, her mother, and her daughter, which is well within her rights in the state of Michigan. Um, she was protecting herself from a woman who was a known menace in the community who had been convicted of crimes of assault with a, with a deadly weapon and who was using the, her car as a battering ram um, against Sawatu, her daughter, and her mother. Um, she was convicted by a jury. We believe that she was convicted wrongfully. This conviction left her with um, what is an unjust mandatory minimum sentence because she was uh, using a firearm. Um, so she was sentenced um, to jail for two years. The judge had no discretion in the sentencing because of the the statute. And a register firearm, correct? It was. She's yeah. a, she's, she, that's, that is correct. And that's important to note. She was a lawful carrier. She had a concealed weapons permit. Um, the gun wasn't even loaded. She just brandished it. And that was enough to send her to jail for two years. So um, in other words, stand your ground didn't apply to her. No. As oftentimes we see in the U.S., stand your ground does not apply to um, persons of color um, who are lawfully carrying a weapon. Um, it's unfortunate. And when she entered um, the prison um, system uh, earlier in, early in 2018, she was around seven months pregnant with her second child. And she also had um, a very uh, problematic pregnancy, but um, she was incarcerated anyways, and she ended up giving birth um, while she was uh, still being housed with the Michigan Department of Corrections. Um, gratefully, she is out on bond currently, so she's back reunited with her um, her young son and her um, her daughter, her toddler daughter, and she's awaiting um, an appeal of her unjust um, conviction. Yeah, and you know, I I brought that issue up about the uh, the CCW and her having a permit that you know, and it's very important for us to remember because uh, you know, and, and we would hope that uh, the law works for everyone and that the laws and the books will be equally enforced. And of course, we have 
colorblind written laws in theory, but how they are, how it impacts people or who has rights to use certain laws and who those aren't uh, exercised for or not allowed to have. This is like one of those glaring cases where we have laws on the books that in effect, it's supposed to, they're supposed to work for all citizens uh, in the state of Michigan. But in actuality, we have a, a, a woman, a black woman, and uh, she wasn't afforded that uh, same right. Where then on, on the flip side, you have something like, and I, and I just want to mention or bring back up that the most famous stand your ground case that I can think of is what happened with George Zimmerman, where he killed Trayvon Martin and that whole so-called stand your ground and being fearful of his life. And then we know all Trayvon Martin had was some Arizona iced tea and some Skittles, right? But uh, he was able to get off uh, with murder, literally, right? Whereas uh, Sister Sawatu had a CCW and uh, was defending her family. And in fact, there wasn't even a a clip in the gun at the time when she was trying to repel uh, the uh, person who was mentally... um, uh, out of, as we see in Detroit, who's out of her hookup, right? Who's straight up out of her hookup trying to uh, do bodily harm to uh, to, to Suwatu's uh, family. Um, Aisha, if you can just give us a little more uh, background uh, on this case, because we know that Suwatu also had not just a problematic uh, trial and sentencing, but she also ran into some, into some problematic issues with MDOC and MDOC, the Michigan Department of Corrections, if you can get us a little background, because Suwatu's problems just didn't start with the unjust arrest and the unjust prosecution and then guilty verdict, which she's out on bond now for appeal. But then even when she was in MDOC and, and pregnant, she also uh, faced some, uh, some, some civil rights and some human, in fact, human rights tra- uh, challenges uh, in MDOC. Absolutely. As Amy mentioned, um, you know, leading up to the to the arrest and, and her time, um, you know, it was a lot of issues that she faced. There were just a lot of questions. But as you said, um, Brother Dawood, once she was in MDOC, there were a lot of infractions that she had to deal with. Um, as Amy also mentioned, she was seven months pregnant. So one of the challenges that she faced was having proper food accommodations. Um, she was unable to have access to halal food accommodations that still allowed her to eat her regular dietary uh, restrictions um, f- with her regular dietary restrictions. Um, and for having a complicated pregnancy, it's really problematic to not have the proper nutrition and the proper um, food intake that you know, was well within her religious rights. Um, and so she did face a lot of challenges. She lose, she lost um, weight when she entered MDOC, uh, which again was really uh, troubling for her pregnancy because she was already experiencing complications. That was one way that um, MDOC uh, denied her religious uh, rights and her, and her religious accommodations. She was also unable to get a religious head covering so she can um, observe her five daily prayers. And so that was another major challenge. Um, and it's something that I've talked to um, the Huron's uh, facility, women's facility, about previously. I've written numerous letters. I know Amy's had a lot of conversations with them about this religious right and accommodation that she was denied. Um, she eventually was given 
head covering, but many, many weeks into her time there. Um, and so that was another major issue that, um, you know, she had to overcome. And we have ongoing conversations with them to try and streamline this because having to wait four weeks and on top of that, even longer to be able to access this is extremely unacceptable. Um, this is well within their religious rights. Um, and another issue that she faced that many other Muslims face um, is not having access to uh, religious literature. Um, many of them are just offered a Bible as if, you know, the prison or jails don't have access to uh, the Quran, the Holy Quran. And so that was another uh, major challenge. Um, even having the right to have a spiritual leader uh, come into the, uh, the the facility was a major challenge and issue. So there's so many structural and systemic issues within the Michigan Department of Corrections that puts Muslim inmates um, not in the without agency to fully practice their faith tradition, um, and it's unacceptable. And we saw this, you know, in a very salient way with Sawatu's case because she is a you know black Muslim woman, and we saw that she was unable to have access to food that was within her religious rights, access to her religious literature, access to her religious head covering, access to a spiritual um, leader. And these things are not uncommon for, uh, you know, uh, Christian inmates. They have access to this without any question, without any hesitation, without any holdup. And so we have every right to believe that this is religious discrimination. And so, you know, it's, it's something that we've been following closely. We've written about it um, at CARE Michigan, and it's available in our updates and on our and on our website. The fact that Sawati was denied a lot of these religious accommodations, and it doesn't begin or end with her. There are a lot of Muslim inmates at uh, the women's correctional facility who don't have access to these things. Um, and you know, when we're thinking about in, you know incarceration or just the prison industrial complex at large, it's seen as such an invisible issue because there's such a social stigma when it comes to talking about um, prison or you know folks who are incarcerated. There's so many issues around lack of, of, of rights for prisoners, not only religious rights and accommodations, and it's seen as an invisible issue because, again, of all the social taboos. So folks aren't really talking about what's happening in prisons and the fact that, you know, people are being denied their rights. And, and if you guys followed this summer, there was, a, you know, this year, there was a huge um, uh, protest amongst prisoners all across the country so they can, you know, have access to these rights that are legally theirs. And so, again, just reiterating that, we saw that loud and clear with Sawatu's case, unfortunately. Um, I, but this is a... Uh, and thank you, and you were really thorough. Um, we, we, we saw a lot of problems with this case, and especially with her being an MDOC, but I'd like to have the listeners at least know that we did get a little movement on the MDOC case and, and regarding her accommodations as well as the spiritual uh, leader being able to come in uh, to to MDOC from uh, her community. So that's something that we were able to get some movement on. So if you can just touch on that for a couple of minutes, uh, Amy. Sure. So um, in order to get Michigan Department of Corrections to take us seriously and to take Savatu's case seriously, we ended up filing two um, civil rights complaints against them with the Michigan Department of Civil Rights. And one of them was on behalf of a um, religious spiritual leader that was trying to gain access to um, Sawatu within the, the system. 
And the law, the regulation. And a female spiritual leader. We, we want to make sure that we mention that too. Yes, and I think part of the problem with why this this specific individual could not get access as a spiritual leader was because she was an African-American woman yes. from an African-American community. And yeah. um, they didn't recognize her as somebody that they considered to be traditionally um, Islamic in appearance or education. Right. And the regulations themselves were written in a very discriminatory manner that um, negated the ways in which Muslims become spiritual leaders. So after filing this complaint and getting some media attention around it, um, Michigan Department of Corrections actually uh, gave access and gave clergy status to um, Marna Muhammad, who was the, the spiritual leader that we were trying to get accredited through the Michigan Department of Corrections. And as a result of our civil rights complaint, we actually worked with the Michigan Department of Corrections to rewrite the regulations to make it more Muslim-friendly, to make it more um, cognizant of um, the Muslim requirements for obtaining such a, such a status, so that now, um, inshallah, it'll be easier for clergy of Muslim, different Muslim communities to be able to have access to, to you know, provide comfort and spiritual education to people that are being housed in the Michigan Department of Corrections. Right, and this was really egregious too. And uh, as I say, it's in conclusion that the mosque uh, that she was with, uh, Masjid Wai Muhammad, actually was the first Islamic institution in the state of Michigan uh, to actually go into MDOC and actually give services to uh, Muslims in MDOC's custody going back to uh, the mid 1970s so that. Uh, they made this denial uh, after this long-going uh, relationship and how there used to be some excess, uh, that it was closed and shut off uh, during this uh, this time and with Suwato's case uh, was really uh, disturbing, but uh, we, we were able to at least, uh, as of now, get that uh, reinstated, and uh, hopefully, God willing, um, we won't see anything like this happen on MDOC's side anytime soon. Uh, with that... Um, there'll be more updates about Suwatu's case and her appeal. Uh, we will be posting, uh, God willing, on our Facebook page when she goes back into court for for the appeal. We think it's very important that there is community support, that people come uh, from the broader community, not just from uh, the Muslim community, to go out and show a moral support and fill up that courtroom that when Suwatu goes back uh, because it was a real uh, travesty and injustice. And you can go on uh, CARE Michigan's uh, Facebook page. And, and again, CARE is C-A-I-R Michigan, not C-A-R-E, C-A-I-R Michigan, uh, to our Facebook page. You can also go to our website in general, uh, caremichigan.org, C-A-I-R Michigan.org, uh, to follow our uh, events and what we're involved in. And if you ever see anything that you feel is a, uh, a civil rights abuse or human rights abuse, uh, and, and it, just it doesn't have to be Muslim-specific, you can always give us a call at our office at 248 2247 That's 248 559 Two two four seven, and save your date for our upcoming banquet on March seventeenth, Sunday, March seventeenth, at Burton Manor, and you can find that information on our website and on our Facebook page. And with that, we uh, ask Almighty God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, to protect you, protect your families, protect our city, Detroit, 
the state of Michigan and human beings who are striving for righteousness all throughout the earth. Assalamu alaikum. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.